0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. This morning we're going to continue on, uh, on the importance of oneness in the move of God. Why is it important to be one in the move of God? And my part... Because uh, this is actually... The message is coming from my part of understanding spiritual warfare. But, uh, and we're going to it, title it, How Winning in Spiritual Warfare Makes Us One. Very interesting. How Winning in Spiritual Warfare Makes Us One. And I'm not sure... I'm only going to ask you to raise your hands because you should be in family life. But those who are in family life, it's so interesting... That God, you, 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 she's, she has started speaking, the, the minister was speaking about uh, re-imaging and reconstructing the image of God in you. Because sin has messed that up. And uh, we were created to comply to His will. That is to have our affections regularly and what is it, continually towards Him. That's what our affections were supposed to be. Continually towards our God, but something happened, and then she goes on and explains the work that, that has to come on our end to actually bring that to pass in our life. But you know that all of that is spiritual warfare. Every every bit of it, when it comes down to not allowing the strange woman or the bottle, you know, and if you weren't here, being intoxicated by the things of this world, all of that is spiritual warfare. See, what you need to get out of your mind is, I'm fighting the devil. Because you're not fighting the devil. Pretty much your fight is to stand. It's to stand and let God complete the work that He wants to do in your life. Because He wants to complete the work in your life, but the enemy is going to attack you. Yes, the devil is going to attack you, but he uses that which, where the Bible says, there's no temptation taking you, but that which is common to all men. It's common to all of us. There's no temptation that you're going through right now. There's no struggle. There's no temptation that you're dealing with that somebody uh, that is a man of mankind hasn't already dealt with. And the beautiful thing about it is someone overcame. A believer over, could, over, over has overcome in those areas, and because he overcame, that shows us something that it can, that we can overcome. So it's possible to overcome. And if you're not overcoming, it's because you have not allowed God to do what He wanted to do in your life. It has nothing to do with... It, it's interesting, and, I, and I'm, I'm not going to get away from my notes, but I have some objectives, and these objectives are going to come up in understanding spiritual warfare, but it's to define and describe the weapons and their functions. But that's not what I want to focus on this morning. My thing is I don't even want to define... And describe their functions, I want you to clearly see a command that is given you in this passage of scripture. It's a responsibility of a believer. There's a command there that actually it's an attitude of a winner. See and once again, I'll explain this to you you know, there's a difference in winning, and I've won. You know, you can be winning in a game and lose. You know that. You can be definitely winning in a game and at the very end, you've lost that game. But see, so winning, it's not... And and, you know, it's very easy to have an attitude when you've already won. Confidence, arrogant, you know, whatever the attitude is. You know, it's easy to have an attitude. It's easy to talk noise when you've already won. Easy to talk noise. But you know what? Someone with the right attitude... See, there's an attitude that has to be in place while you're in the battle. There's a, there's a certain spiritual attitude. There's an attitude of the believer that must be in place while you're in battle. It's, it's, it's interesting. We're not necessarily going to speak in of the final victory during this teaching, but the process how, the process of how to get there. In winning, it's always about the right attitude. I want you to write that. In winning, it's always about the right attitude, the proper discipline, and the equipping to get the job done. It's always. In winning, it's always about the right attitude. You have to have the right attitude. When you, if you're expecting to win, you must have the right attitude. The proper discipline and the equipping to get the job done. It is very possible to have the proper equipping. But with the wrong attitude and the improper discipline, you will always equal defeat. Always equal defeat and failure. So, you're given the proper equipping. But if you have the wrong attitude and the wrong discipline, you're going to end up defeated. See, and that's what's wrong in the church. The church, the, the church is a poet. I'm, I'm talking about the church as a whole. Let's say the true church. The true church gives you the proper equipping. It equips you and it's supposed to equip you. It's supposed to build you up, strengthen you. But many people have the wrong attitude and the wrong discipline in the congregation. So they come and they come every Sunday. It's it's interesting. It's like one of the prophets said, they come and sit down like my people. And they you know, they come and partake like my people. He said, but they don't do what I tell them to do. He said, but I am in the midst of them. Because, because they're going to know that a prophet was in their midst. That shared the, the message. That told them what needed to be done. But they're not going to... And he said, that he told this prophet. How can, you imagine, can you imagine God calling you and telling you, this is where I've called you to, but nobody's going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to you. He said, but your responsibility is just to tell them what I told you. And it's interesting that that nation wouldn't obey. Israel would not obey this prophet. But regardless of what God was in their midst, so the equipping was there, they had the wrong attitude and the improper discipline. And there is, it's interesting, in this spiritual warfare, there is a oneness that we can come to as a congregation. It's very interesting. There is a oneness that we can come to in those that win this spiritual warfare, in winning spiritual warfare. There's something that can be developed in you and in those that are watching you. And that's what we want in this congregation. There's a oneness. It's, it's, a, it's a place where we as a congregation will not give up and we will not be denied. See, that's the attitude that we want to develop in you. See, some people... It's all about endurance. When you when it comes down to the kingdom of God. Because it's interesting like. It was said this morning during announcements. You know. It's not about. We got it right. You know. Now God can do what he wants to do. And when I'm talking about that. That we did it all on our own. No. We kept the right attitude. We kept the right heart. And we endured. What did the Bible say? It says. He that endures to the end. It is this one that shall be saved. See. God we, see that God, we want to be winning along the way. Winning along the way, it's all about your attitude and your discipline. Because you can be definitely defeated along the way. And you don't want that. We, we want to be people that are winning along the way. So that we can actually see this attitude that is being developed in us. And we're going to define some things this morning. But this attitude that's going to be developed in us, it's interesting how God uses this in our lives to pass it on to others. Because once again, once you see somebody win, that like, I can win. But not only just seeing you win, but showing them how to win. You know you have to be taught how to win. You cannot, you're just not born a winner. You have to be taught how to win this race. Because it's not given to the swift. It's not given to the strong. It's given to to a certain individual with the proper attitude. The proper discipline. Because, the, and we've said this a lot of times, the ball is in your court. What are you going to do with it? And every message, you've got to understand, every message at Church of the Living Water, Church of the Living Water is a unique gem. Very unique. Because And, and what I mean by that, it's like, I couldn't even say that because... We're not the only. It's across this world. There is a body that is doing the will of God. There is a people. But, you know, look at us. Look at us. We're not some mega church. We're not some mega church. But, you know, there's other churches that don't have certain things established. And we've said this. You know, without the proper establishment, you'll see one generation die away and that church die away with it. But you have an order here that is set up from gen- for generations to generations. It's set up that way. And it's not going to fail because that's the way it's been set up from the foundation. The foundation is strong. So, it's going to be easy to pass it on to the right attitude and the proper discipline. See, we don't pass it on. See, you, you, it's interesting because I can, I can sit there and you can, you can talk about all the churches that people go to and a lot of times when you talk to people of the world, they have a negative outlook on the church. Like the church is this, the church is that, regardless, the church allows this, the church allows that. And a lot of times their their point of view, it's like Paul said of of, of that one people who said, hey, their assessment of you is right. That is correct. He said, that's the way some of my some some of these churches, not my church, but some of these churches act. He said and then, and they, they think because some of these churches that, that that is the church. And God has said, No, that is not the church. See It's easy. I can sit there and tell you other people and say, no, but that is not what God... And it's interesting that I can boldly tell you that's not God. And and say, well, how do you determine that that's not God? I know that that's not God. I understand that that's not God. And I can show you throughout the Scriptures that that's not God. But you can't prove to me by the Scriptures that that is God. See, so it's all about understanding the order of things. You know, some people, they've been churched. And and the thing is, it's possible in this place to be churched, but not the people with the right attitude and the proper discipline. Because the people, it's so interesting how people with the proper attitude and the right discipline can see God. And people in the same church with the improper attitude and improper discipline cannot see Him at all. But they're in the same place. They understand, they hear the same message, they under, they're they're receiving, they're not receiving, but they're hearing the same messages that you are. But some people see God, and some people don't. Because, back, bottom line, Jesus is not the sinner. And when Jesus is not the sinner, you can't see right. You don't know how to see. And once again, it all determines, like, you can't say Jesus is the sinner because I come every Sunday. Or I come on Wednesdays every once in a while. Or I make it a family life every once in a while. You can't say Jesus is a sinner because you're a member of Church of the Living Water. You can't say that. You can only say Jesus is the sinner when in your prayer time, in your calling out to God, you tell God, I don't care what you do in my life, but I want what you have. I desire what you have. And I don't care who likes me and who doesn't like me. I don't care who accepts me and who doesn't accept me. I don't care if I'm the most popular person. It doesn't matter. I want you. I want you. And not only do I want you, I want people to understand and see what I'm seeing. I want, I want you to experience what I have. You know, I sat down with this young lady this past weekend and that's exactly what I, she was sharing me. Because I've known her since I was 17 years old when I gave my life to Christ. And she's not walking with God. She's not serving God. But she comes out of the same church. So she's seen my life. She's seen my life. She's seen failure. She's seen this. She's seen me walk away from the things of God. But now she sees me. And now we sat there and talked. And I said, you know what? She started sharing with me about friends in the past and things. I said, you know, all those people that you talk about and their troubles and their struggles. He said, I told her, you are the one that can make a difference in their life. I said, but those people in your life, I want to talk to them. I said, because if I can get you, I have access to them. Yeah. I said, and, and see, that's the, that's the, people, don't think, people that don't have the mind of God, they don't think that way. Because it's more about how am I going to get by? What am I going to do with my bills? What am I going to do with my family? What am I going to do with my wife? What am I going to do with my children? But they don't think beyond that. And the people that still, like for myself, other brothers and sisters, the way I do, they have the same issues. They have the same struggles. They have some cares that they're dealing with. But they're still looking beyond their cares because those things are not the center of their life. Do you understand? And how did we come to that thing? We have made Jesus. We have pressed to make Jesus the center. And, you, and you're so caught up with, I just pray for... And you know, we're all growing. We're all developing. But some people are not moving. You understand? Some people are not moving. They're not pressing to say, you know, I want that. I desire that. You cannot tell me, even in your growth, even in your maturity, that you're not tried in your attitudes, in the things that you think, and how things are going, even this morning. When they brought up what we're going to, what we're planning on doing with the, with the, with the steel, with the renovation, and what we're doing with the church, even at those things, they, will see that is spiritual warfare. Don't think it's somewhere else. That's spiritual warfare in your mind. What are you going to do with that thought? How are you going to handle it? You know, is it? Oh no, all, you know, what do they, what do they want all this for? You know, why do they need all this for? Why is this necessary? All those things cross our mind. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, hey, I'm trying to develop my own home. I'm trying to build up my own stuff. I'm trying to grab my, I'm trying to get mine. See, and that's the attitude that so many people have in church. I'm trying to get mine, and they think that they have in church. They think that, no, God is well pleased because I am part of this mega church. I am part, I'm, I'm a part of their, their praise team. I'm singing. But I'm like, where is your heart at? What do you desire? What do you want from God? That determines when you... Just examine your prayer life. As, see what you ask God for. See what, what your cry is out for God. See how you tell Him about... Do you ever told... I said, Lord, I, I want you to expose everything about me. Expose everything that's not pleasing. And the things that I struggle with, that I know I'm going to struggle with, Lord, show me how. Because I know... I, I, t- t- see, God is... The Bible says before... You know, before you're exalted, there is humility. Don't ever think you're going to get out of humility. Don't ever think you're going to get out of humbling yourself in some way, some form, some fashion. You know, you cannot hide behind your parents forever. You cannot do that. Because God expects something from you specifically. You think that, no, no, you know... I I, I can't tell you I can only tell you a believer when Jesus is coming to their life there is a difference there is a change in desire there is a change in care and you know what some people and I look at people here in this ministry and some people you can define it you can see it but some people you can't and it's interesting the word that you get I have a friend that I'm that at work that has recently made a commitment to Christ and I can see it I can see the commitment but I guarantee you she's not getting the word that you're getting. She's not. But I can see the commitment. I can see the question she approaches me with because she knows and she starts asking me and I'm like, oh girl, you're going in a place. You're, you're heading in a direction. Your desire is different. And then she asks me because I said, no, I see a difference. And then she texts me like, what do you see different in me? I am like, your hunger, your desire, your want, you want something from God. And you have, a determ- you have a determination that you want to get it. You know, have you ever been, And she's a great worker. She's a good worker. But every once in a while, i pass by her desk and she's just reading her Bible. She's going through her Bible. And see, but you may think, well, but she does her work. You know, she's doing her work. But there is a hunger in her. Have you ever had that hunger? Have you ever had that hunger in your Christian walk? What happened to your hunger? You ask yourself now, do I have, the, do I have that same... Because I'm going to be honest with you. That same hunger that I had when I asked Jesus into my life, that thing drives me. That thing still drives... And you know, of course, I see false. And Lord, Lord, I've got to get this right. I've got to do this. And certain people... Interesting. There are certain people that God places in my life specifically just to make sure that drive continues to go. Continues. That, you know how they do that? By pushing you. And I'll share. It. They'll push you. It's like you know. Okay, I gotta do. I gotta do this. I gotta. I gotta be more prepared in this area or this area. And it's always like, okay, what are you gonna do? My pastor was famous at it. I mean, famous at it. It's you know, and, and, and the most times that you didn't even think, it just comes up with something like, okay, all right. I, I, don't you remember ministry class? You better not ask him a question. Because you're going to go research what you asked him. And he's going to come back and he's going to ask you if you, ask, if you research that question. He said, because you're going to find it. He wanted you to hunger. He wanted you to thirst for righteousness. And see, that's the attitude that many people are missing. They're, they have no, they're in a church, but they don't, love, they don't hunger for God. Now, tell you this much. You can say you love God. But if you don't have that, you do not love God. You don't have that, you don't love God. Because it's impossible to love somebody without a pursuit. It's impossible to love somebody without sacrifice. It's impossible to love somebody without showing them you love them. You know? It's impossible. You cannot say you cannot love in word. The Bible says, don't love in word, but love in deed and love in truth. You can't just love. You can't love God in word. You can't just open up your mouth. That's why. Think about it. In your worship and in your songs when you're singing to God. If your heart ain't in it, He ain't accepting it. You can say it all you want to. But but, but the thing is, don't feel bad because you're in the right place. At the right time, with the right people, doing the right thing. Because those people that are seeking God, you're able. You're going to be able to see the winning in them. And that's going to develop a oneness in us. That oneness is, we're not going to be denied. And we're not going to be stopped. We're going to fulfill the will of God. And everybody that wants to come with us is going to fulfill it. See, the, think about it, the... the The shield of faith, and we'll get to this, the shield of faith, the the helmet of salvation, which was my part, and the sword of the spirit. It's interesting that the shield of faith, it's for the whole body. It's not for the individual only. My shield, once I develop, once I'm developing, I'm continuing it, I'm able to actually protect others with that shield. I'm able to actually protect you until you get to a place where you need to be because you may not have been pursuing the way you were supposed to pursue but you see the winning in me and it's developing a hunger in you do you understand see this is not about once again this is not about i'm getting mine and you get yours this is about me getting mine so that i can show you how to get yours does that make sense to you it's not about leaving you out it's, it's this is not this ministry or this the body of christ is not about leaving anybody out when god moves When God moves, He places people in the body to function as one body, not to function individually. And you cannot say that I don't need the eye when you're the ear or the ear. And I'm paraphrasing the nose or the nose. I don't need the feet. I don't need the hands. You know, you need every individual in this body. See, when you're developed, and we're going to get to this, there is something, there's a oneness that is developed in you. Once we actually are winning in this battle, this oneness develops a certain love, a unified love within the body of believers. A unified love. Not only, not only, And there's a different compassion that we have for one another. Because I've learned how to win. And because I've learned how to win, and I'm winning in this battle... I I have compassion towards you. But, you can only get it if you have the right attitude and the proper discipline. Because I can't give it to you. I can only show you how. Only God gives you... Only God strengthens you. Only God comforts you. Only God gives you wisdom. Only Only God does that. All we do is be a light. As the sister said this morning, we're just the light. A light. He said, and the Bible talks about the light. You don't just take a light and hide it. No, you set it up because it has to give light to the entire house. So we are in Mark, and I haven't got to a scripture yet, have I? Mark chapter twelve, and we'll start at. Sister mentioned this this morning too. We're going to start at verse twenty nine. Let me tell you what winning is and you're going to define it before we read the scripture. We're going to define winning. Winning in spiritual warfare is not stopping. Not quitting. This is winning in spiritual warfare. Not stopping. And I'm talking about people that are in the battle. Are fighting. I'm not talking about people that have walked away from the battle and said, well, I haven't stopped. I'm not quitting. No, you're not doing nothing. I'm talking about people that are in, are, are, are pressing to wanting to do the will of God. Winning in spiritual warfare is not stopping. Not quitting. It's continuing in those things that you have been taught. And being established in the truth. Winning in spiritual warfare. Is not stopping. Not quitting. It is continuing in those things that you have been taught. And be established in truth. That is winning. Mark chapter 2. Twelve, verse 29. It says, And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is likely, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, well, Master, thou hast said the truth. For there is one God, and there is none other but He. And to love Him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love His neighbor as Himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. He's like, this is it. And this is the place that God wants to bring us to. This is the place, not only where we love Him properly, but in such a proper way that that's just spilling over. And you know how to love people. You know, you can say to people that you love them, but you need to question how you really love people. Because loving people doesn't mean I always agree with people. Loving people doesn't mean that they they don't irritate me or they don't push me or they don't provoke me in some way, form or fashion. Loving people has nothing to do with my feelings. Loving people has something to do with the Word of God and what I decide and how I decide to treat you. You know, loving people the way... See, you can't just love people because you want to love people. Because most of the time your emotions get in the way. Your feelings and your cares and all these other things and how they wrong you, they all get in the way. And you know what? They get in the same way as somebody that's focused on the things of God. But He doesn't focus on those things. Because His attitude towards you or their attitude towards you is totally different. See, what did He tell His disciples? He said, they're going to know you by the love you have for one for another. See, God wants to bring forth a oneness in us and that one is unifying, in us, unifying us in His love. And He is going to do that. That, is a, that can be accomplished through winning in spiritual warfare. Because, once again... Once we win in spiritual warfare, there's a compassion developed in us because we know what we had to go through when we went through it. I understand. I can relate to you because I did it. I've been there. I've been there, my sister. I have been there. Really, I have. I have been there where I went through time of depression, time of struggles, times where I didn't understand, times that I'm like, God, if you're God, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel, why do I have to go through this? If, if you really got in, and I've given my life to you and I've accepted you, why do I have to deal with all this? Why is it such a struggle in my mind? But it was all because, remember, Satan uses the same thing that God wants to develop. He actually attacks your mind with everything that you've ever done, every decision you've ever made, everything with condemnation, with fear. He attacks it all. He doesn't hold anything back. Because he knows you very well. He knows your life. He knows everything that you did, even in your your Christian walk. Everything that you said, any time that you didn't walk in integrity, anything He knows it all. And He sits there and He tells you all about it. The Bible says He's an accuser of the brethren. And He does His job well. But, the person with the right attitude and the proper discipline, they've made it through. They've gone through that. And they can tell you. That's why it's interesting. Interesting. Don't ever. Don't ever. It, it, it's interesting. You know that the Scripture tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel? And it tells us all sorts of things and it commands us. Don't ever, when the Scriptures, when someone that's an elder tells you, why don't you do this with this congregation? Or why don't you do that? And you say, well, I don't believe God is calling me to that. What do you mean God is not calling you to that? I don't believe God is. You don't. You know that. I didn't feel that God called me to a lot of things my pastor put me in. I didn't necessarily... I never told my pastor, I'm going to go pray about it. <laughs> never told my pastor, I'm going, well, I'm, going to, I'm going to consider that. I'm going to think about it. I've never told Sister Hill that. You know, Sister Hill's been provoking me even when my pastor was, was here on earth. You know, she would give me assignments and tell me this is... I never told her, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I, that's, not, that's not something that I... You know what? I've learned something. I did it even in the struggle. Even in the thing that I didn't understand. I continued in it. You know, prayer has not always... You know, you think, well, he's Minister Rodriguez. You know that sometimes prayer was was hard for me in the past? Prayer was difficult. Because, you know, I would go into, you know, and it's not that I didn't desire to pray or didn't go to pray, you know, but there was times that I'm like, God, you know, it's just so difficult in my prayer time. I don't understand. But it was my heart crying out for God. And that's that's during the season. You know, you're going to lead it continually. God, God didn't know what I was. And I'm like, you know, did I sit there and I'm like, no, sister, I can't do that. You know, this is a struggle. This is no. It's not that I didn't. There was just certain struggles that I had. But in those struggles. God started to build me up and strengthen because there was something that had to come out of me. And Pastor did the same thing. He didn't ask if I was ready to minister the first time that I asked me to minister. He only wanted to see if I was going to do it. That's all He wanted. He wasn't not expecting some great revelation to come from me. He wasn't expecting nothing. All He was expecting me, will you obey those that are over you? Remember? See, you've you got to understand that God does a work through, is doing a work through you, but He does it through another person. You're not by yourself. See, so as a young adult, you have to understand when somebody tells you this is, this is what we do, this is what we do. This is not what some do and you don't. This is what we do. We as a congregation, we as a congregation, we go out every third or fourth Saturday of the month as a congregation. This is not what out. This is what we as a congregation do. that make sense to you? That's what you're called to do. That's not what Brother Rodriguez and certain few are called to do. Everybody in the congregation is called to that. In some way, form, or fashion, maybe you cannot go out there and walk and do certain things, whatever it may be. I'm talking about those that are able. But are not willing. There is a big difference. And in this thing, once again, this is not about putting anyone down. This is not. This is about the finding out where your heart is. In the wise, Why don't I want it? See, when I told you that there's something missing, I want you to go to Ephesians chapter. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 now. Ephesians chapter six. There is an attitude found in this passage of scripture that God is pleased with. Let's see what it is. Ephesians chapter six, and let's start. Let's start at verse ten. That's where we've been coming from. Finally, my brethren. Are we there? I hear some pages. Ephesians chapter six, verse ten. It says this. Finally, my brethren. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, comma, to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth having, and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Verse 16 is what we focus on. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. It's so interesting that this passage is a lot of take and taking. Let's take and taking, and it's interesting. Like for example, if I tell Brother Turner, Brother, I need you to take Brother Tyrell to here, and Isaac, and uh, Natalie, and and so and so and so and so. That means you're taking them all, right? So all of these passages of scripture where it says and taking the helmet of salvation and take the helmet no, taking the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit we're supposed to do some taking here we're supposed to take these things are not just hey I'm going to hand them to you there's an attitude in this passage they're all remember the equipping is there. The equipping is there. It's impossible. it's possible to have the equipping, but you don't have the right attitude and the proper discipline that you will not use them. They're not there. It's equipping for you, but you're not you're not being developed in them, and you are not fighting that battle because you're not taking, and you're not take you will not take. So let's define these words: taking and take. One of the commentaries talked about above all, what's overall? That means. Covering all that has been put on before. But I'm like, I I like what uh, within our notes that were given to us, it's in a higher place. Above all, or in a higher place. And nowhere in a commentary did I find someone that would agree with that. But you know, throughout the scriptures, the Spirit of God bears witness of it. I don't need a commentary to agree with something that I know that it's the proper attitude to have. So, you know, that's what I do in my study time because I, I want to make sure that I'm actually in the right place. You know, is this proper, what I'm looking at or what I'm saying? But it's above all, what's in a higher place. In a higher place. You know that there is a certain... In taking the shield, your faith should be in a high place in your life. A high place. Remember when we talked about Jesus being the center of your life? The center of your heart? The center of, the, you know, be the center of my life? You know, that's putting your faith above your cares and your desires, your endeavors and your pursuits. That's having your faith in a high place. Like, this is important to me. It's above all. It's in a higher place. This word, This word take, in the strongs. He uses a Greek word. And I'm not going to tell you the Greek word. I, I, I sit there and I'm like, yeah, I can say it, but I'm... No. It's to take up. It's an interesting Greek word. It means to take up in the Strong's, in the Greek. It's to take up. The Dictionary of Bible Languages in Ephesians 6 and 17 where it says take the helmet of salvation, it means to, hold, to take hold of. To take up one, one, taking and to take hold of, to grasp. So it's to take up and to take hold of are our focus words for the day. We're going to focus on take up and take hold of. That's the attitude that you must have as you fight this battle. This is, there's a certain attitude and believe me, as we are developed in this attitude, it's going to develop a oneness in the congregation. This attitude is like, I will, not be, I will not be stopped. I will not quit and I will not be denied. I will continue with the right attitude. See, That is the missing link in you receiving from God is your hunger and your thirst. What are you willing to do to get what God has for you? Because you know God already knows what you're going to do. That's what I love about God. He already knows if you're going to do it or not. But when you stand before Him, He will judge you based on what He made available for you. He's going to judge you saying, no, I made that available for you, but your heart was never right. You chose. See, and your heart was not always... It, it was made bad by the decisions that you made. See, your heart is developed by decisions. It's developed by God, but He sees the decisions you make. And if, you make, if you're a person that's constantly choosing outside of the will of God, He'll let you alone. And let your heart reap what it's going to reap. Because the Bible says, love not... And, Ephesians, and she brought this up this morning to John chapter 2. It says, love not the world, neither the things of the world. Because, because if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Because all that is in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And it talks about that those things, they fade away. But he that does the will of God, he shall abide forever. See, there's a hope beyond this that we're looking for. We're looking for... And once again, it's not only for us. See, we only have a promise of eternal life. But our hope is in life, is in eternal life. That's our hope. And that's where our walk is too. But we want to bring as many as we can with us. But it's all about winning spiritual warfare. We're not going to get there without winning spiritual warfare. So once again, above all is in a higher place. Okay, Taking these things, these things which, which the scriptures talks about, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, actually all of it. If these things are not in a high place in your life, you will not go after them. You're not, and you will be defeated. You will fail. You will add more stuff to you think, to, to your life than you just My God, where did how did I come to this place? The scripture says it this way. He said it talks about because you hated counsel. He said, You hated that which I gave you. He said, You're going to reap what exactly what you're going to get. Because you hated those things. You didn't you despised my counsel. You did not hearken to see, the Spirit of God is everywhere. It is everywhere. And there is not a person on this earth that's going to be left without an excuse. So you have to ask yourself, how many times have I rejected the things of God? How many things how many times has things been made available here for me, a church of the living water, and I would not put my hands to it? I would not take it. I would not. Press to do the will of God. All of that is on your account. I want you to go, continue right. Let's go to, let's write some more. Take up. Interesting. As we continue, I'm this way. When I define a word, I want to exhaust a word because I really want to come to a point where it's actually ministering to me. Where it's, what are you talking about? But to take up means to become interested in, involved in, engaged in a pursuit. So when I take up something, my brothers, like I'm taking up golf or I'm taking up something, I'm interested in it, I'm involved in it, and I'm engaged in that pursuit. Why? Because I want to win at it. I don't just want to be... You know, know, when you do something, you want to win at it. When you took on a business, when you took on the business, you want to be interested in, involved in it, and engaged in that pursuit. Because you're not, you're not going to be successful at your business. The Scriptures is the same way. God says, no, taking the shield of faith and take the helmet of salvation, there is an attitude that you must have when you're seeking God for these things, when you're desiring these things. See, even as, a scripture, as the teaching goes forth on Wednesdays about understanding spiritual warfare... Once again we look at see, it is said that Paul some commentary say that Paul was looking at a soldier and examining the actual weapons and of, of his armor that he had on and was defining. But you know, that's fine and dandy. But God was looking at what those actually things do in our lives. What they do. Not necessarily that I have a helmet, but what does that helmet do? Not necessarily do I have a shield, but what does that shield do? And when I told you, it's not all... Shield is to shield me, to protect me, to preserve me. Because see, th- those are weapons. The shield and the helmet, those are weapons, those are defensive weapons. They're not offensive weapons at all. But they're supposed to shield, not just you, but others. When I told you, it's supposed to protect you, not just others. How does that develop? See, when that shield protects me, once again... It develops me to develop you with the same shield of faith. It it works all together. So how does that oneness... I'm developing oneness by me winning in my spiritual warfare. I'm developing... I'm showing you... I'm showing you how to be one with me because I've done this. But see, once again, I had the proper attitude and discipline to get where I got. And I'm giving it to people with the proper attitude and discipline. But it's given to the whole congregation. But not everybody receives it that way. Because once again, she said it this morning, selfishness. You're more about what you want to do and how you want to do it. Ministry is never, never about what you want to do and how you want to do it. I've learned that. You know, yes, we're giving responsibilities. You know, the people that have responsibilities now in this ministry... Or, or they 're over something, yes, they have they can dictate how you know we want to do this or we want to do it this way, yes, but bottom line, the spirit of God is still in control it's not we''re, not, we're just like we 're not just going to do so how do I determine? I remember how things were were done I remember how, and one thing i don 't stay i don 't get out of order. I say no, no, that 's not the order, we can 't get out of that order, so I stay with the order, and what i don 't understand, I ask. How do we do this? You know, I don't sit there and tell them, well, you know, I think I can hear, you know, uh, better than Minister Martin, better than Minister Hasten. I think I hear from God. I don't think we have to go in that direction. I think we should go in this direction. No, when something is said in the direction we're going, I'm going in that direction. Because that's the direction that somebody, which is the Spirit of God, has determined. And why do I say, how do you know it's the Spirit of God? Because it's always been the Spirit of God. So I just go back and say, no, I've learned that, hey, it lines up with scriptures. There's no, See, oh my goodness. You have to understand something about even the things that are used or people that you have to deal with when in this battle. What I mean by the different attitudes you come across. Because you have people that you're dealing with and all of that is spiritual warfare to see if you were going to stand when you were supposed to stand to see if you were going to hold on to the shield of faith that was going to protect you cuz remember this is not about what you're doing to me it's about my faith that protects me it's not about it. it's not about anything that like what can the bible says who can stand against you it says what can come against you you know it talks about in Romans eight, if God be for us, who can be against you? There's nothing you gotta understand your fight is not with people. Your fight, even when people have the wrong attitude, I like what brother brother uh, brother Eberhard said, but when you remember the heart, they they could they could have actually said something wrong or did something like, Well, no, but I know that brother. You know, why am I gonna hold a gudge against that brother when I know that brother's heart? When I've seen their lifestyle. When I know their track record. Why am I going to hold a grudge against my sister when I know their track record? When I know that that's not going to... They may be having a bad day. Let me pray for them. But no, no, they got me. I'm watching out because I'm going to get them. And I want to make sure I get them better than they got me. You know, I'm starting talking like Medea in that movie, right? Get me before I got or However she said it, i want to get me before they got me or something like that. But you know, all of that stuff is crazy. It's not spiritual at all. Not spiritual at all. But that is all... It's all our battle. It's all... The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of those strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against God's knowledge. We have to make sure that our hearts are right. That's what we do. So we're going to continue... So take up to become interested in involved in and engaged in a pursuit. I like grasp. It means to understand a concept you're getting a hold of an idea. It's like I'm grasping this. So I'm understanding. So once again let's look one more definition to get take means to get into one's hold or possession by voluntary action and then we're going to run. To get into one's Hold or possession by voluntary action. So there's a work that's that's in that's in play in order for me to take hold of something. To take, up, to take up something. Let's go to Matthew chapter fifteen. Matthew chapter fifteen. Let's rest here for a little bit. So once again, our focus words are to take up and to take hold of. Matthew chapter 15. Let's read about this woman. Remember I told you it's an attitude within the believer that I'm not going to be denied. I am not going to quit. I will not quit. All you can do is teach. When you're a quitter, all you can do is teach other people to quit. Regardless, think about it. Regardless if you know what is truth and you quit, all they're going to do is throw it in your face. But what about you? Why didn't you? Why do you tell me to go to church and you are very inconsistent at going to church? Why do you tell me that it's important to tithe when I know you don't tithe? Why do you tell me that it's important for me to be a part of the ministry when you're so caught up with work and you don't do anything in ministry? See, remember... Your children, it's your responsibility to develop oneness in them when it, in regards to this ministry. You know that you're supposed to develop that in the beginning? You're supposed to start developing your children at a very early age about what is important and what not is important. About what their pursuits will be and what their pursuits will not be, and then when you teach them what their pursuits will be and will not be, because it's, this, so you should have those things in order in your life. Because once you teach them that, they should be able to see the same pursuits that you're telling them to pursue in you, the same desires, the same cares. Because remember, God is not "Hey, i you catch me when I fall" type of God. He is not that God. He's not the. He's like no you're going to fall and you're going to reap the consequences of your fall because what you've planted in life you're going to reap. God is only a shield and a buckler to those that put their trust in Him. you understand? He's there. He's watched. You, may, you put your trust in Him and you may get it wrong but He's still your shield and He's still your buckler. He's your strength because your pursuits are different. So once again, going back to your children, you can't teach them. You can only teach someone to win when you've won. You can only tell them this is the attitude that we're going to develop. So now you see that the attitude that we want to develop in this ministry is that you will not be denied as opposed to what God has for you if you have the right attitude and the proper pursuit. And then the attitude is going to be, and I'm going to get to that, I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's go to Matthew chapter 15. Verse 21. I want you to do something for me. Go back. We're going to go back and forth from Matthew 21 to Mark 7 because it's the same episode. So find Mark 7 and just put your ribbon there for me. It's the same scriptures in the, but from a different, from a different perspective. Mark chapter 7. Our chapter 7 verse 24 is where this episode starts, but we're going to go back to Matthew chapter 15 and we're just going to go back and forth. So, starting at verse 21, it says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou Son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. So she was a woman from Canaan. Came out of the coast and cried unto him saying, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Not only, not only did she come to Jesus, but when Jesus wouldn't answer her, she sought for his disciples. You she wanted something And she was going to get it In her mind She wanted something And she was determined to get it So the master wasn't listening to him Because she heard of Jesus Came to Jesus wouldn't, Didn't say a word And then went to his disciples And his disciples like Hey if Jesus didn't listen to her Hey why should we So let's send her away And that's not, part that, that's not what the scripture says That's just my vocabulary So let's send her away but he answered, once again, he answered not a word. Then she came, one moment, send her away for she crieth after us. Verse 23. But he answered and said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Verse, go to Mark chapter 7. And from thence, verse 24, he arose, Jesus, and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered into an house, and would have not, and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. So Jesus didn't necessarily tell somebody he was in this house. he wouldn't would have no man know it, but she found Jesus. She came looking for Jesus. She was determined to find Jesus for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. It's interesting that she came and fell at his feet. Here she came to uh, and said, "Thou son of David." But I want you to understand something: the scriptures don't contradict itself; it's just how somebody was viewing it. So this woman comes to Jesus and kneels at his feet, but I believe she kneeled after she came and told him who he was. So first, let's go to verse 22 in chapter chapter Matthew chapter 15, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast. And cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but into the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And I believe when that's when she came and kneeled at his feet. See, she was determined. She came and told him, O oh Lord, thou son of David. Thou son of David is a messianic term. Somebody to use that, they had to understand. They, they, it's very possible that this woman understood who he was and what he came to do. He knew that this was the Messiah promised to bring salvation to the, to the, to the nation of Israel. She, she, and you may say, well, you know, the scriptures doesn't say that. Okay, let's say she didn't know. But she still was in the right place At the right time with the right people doing the right thing. She's like, no, I may not know. See, and I'm going to bring this back to you. You may know certain things. You may know certain things. And and there's people that, the woman I told you, the shield of faith not only protects you, but it protects those. So they see you win. And those people that don't understand how you do things or how you did it, they saw you win. They want that. They may not understand what you have, but it's your responsibility to give it to them. It's your responsibility to let them know, this is how we do things. This is how you can overcome. You know, this is how we do it in ministry. This is what we're going to do to make sure you get to a place where you're experiencing what you desire from God. That hunger and that desire. Let's go back to the Scriptures. Verse 24. But He answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from the very hour. Chapter 7. Verse 26. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her child. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children be filled, first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she answered and said, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, go thy way, the devil is gone out of, there, out of your daughter. My thing is this, Regardless, this woman, it's interesting that we, regardless of the slightest things that come up in our life, we walk away from it. And, and this woman was called a dog. This woman said, you know, it's not meat for me to take what is the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And sometimes we talk about your dogish attitudes towards the things of God. And instead of noticing that, you know, that is right truth. Lord, you walk away from this thing. But all we're identifying is the attitudes you have that are not godly. And God says, Well, it's not me to take that which belongs to only those that are seeking out. And I'm paraphrasing you know, it's not me. Think about it. Are you gonna give that which is valuable to somebody that's just gonna waste it? You're not giving even your own child, you're a fool. If you give your child that's just wasting stuff and wasting stuff and not disciplined and you say, you know, hey, let me give you a brand new vehicle. I trust you with it. Here are the keys. You do whatever you want with it. You're going to kill that child because they're not disciplined. God is not a fool. The attitude is this woman would not be denied. I want this. I desire this. This is what I desire, and regardless of what truth he threw at her, she's like, yeah, yeah that is truth. That, that is who I am. But even dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from a master's table. I am willing to take. I'm willing. And the thing about it is like, Lord, have mercy upon me. This woman was crying out for God, and she wouldn't be denied. See, the thing is, I don't care what mistake people have made. Or what sin they've been involved in. With God, He still looks at your heart. Do you want this? Do you desire this? And then He gives you according to your heart. According to your desires. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. There's a lot of things, I don't know about other people, but I can sit there and say, there are certain things that I'm like, I don't know why this, you know, this is given to me. But all I can do when it comes down to, when it comes down to, let's say, the qualifications, the qualifications, all I can do is tell you, I have had the right heart. That's all I can tell you. Is my heart has been right. When I, even when, you see, I think about, I think about people that left this ministry. Let me tell you something about people that have left this ministry. Is, that was spiritual warfare for them. They were in the midst of spiritual warfare and they did not stand. Because you could have been, you could have gone because of me. I I could have driven you out of this ministry. But you didn't understand something that God wanted to see how you were going to stand. Because God was still going to deal with my heart and God is still going to deal with your heart. It was all about you standing. I see, I, I, I know the people and I ask about them now. I'll ask about certain people that left. And I'm like, how is your commitment? I remember talking to one individual. How is your commitment? No, it's not. I said, so you left a place where they're asking you to commitment because you didn't want to be committed to go to a place where you don't have to be committed. I said, that's exactly what you did. I said, you left a place where they push commitment and say you have to be committed. I said, no, you need to come back. I said, you need to come back because you're in a place where they're not requiring you to be committed. And you're comfortable with it. So really... You did not want to be committed. I said, that's the bottom line. I said, there's no, there's no, you, there's no black and white about that. It's just, that is it. You know, that, it is black and white. That's what it is. There's no gray part about that. There's no shades of gray. You did not want to be committed. You understand? You just didn't want it. So, what you don't understand is that you were ta- being taught how to stand. You were being taught, and then you were teaching others that people can't stand. Because if it was, if, if I had to base it on other people, me being in this ministry, I wouldn't be in this ministry. If I had to base it on other people, from the very get go, when they told me, why are you going to be a part of a church that's predominantly African American? From the very get go, you know, things about, okay, why do you, why do you have to tell him, why does he have to tell you how to do this? Or why does this? Or why does this happen? You know, or when I, when I was told certain things by people on the, may have been on the praise team, it may have been when I was on the, in the choir, in the praise team, or in the band, whatever it may be, I could have walked away from a lot of things. And so can you. You can walk away from a lot of things, but what have you learned and what have you taught somebody else? Because when the unity is coming to a place where we're unified in love, one for another. Because I know that if I can do it, and God loves me, I know God loves you, and I know you can do it. And if I know that I and what I had to go through and the struggles that I did, I know it learned, teaches me that you must be compassionate. You must be compassionate for other people, because people may not, you know, the same struggles that you deal with. If people, and it's been told. If people could hear what you think and what you said about me or what you said about another brother or what you thought about another sister if they could see or hear what you think, how much of us would be able to stand? How many of us? But you have those in those thoughts, just just pick that, in those thoughts that say, Lord, have mercy on me. I don't want that. I deter, I refuse that thought. I will not accept that thought. That is not of you. And I will not continue in that. That's no way. That is not my thought. You know, those are, those are the things that you are now learning to stand and you'll be able to teach somebody to stand. Once again, there's a oneness that God wants to bring this congregation. But we have to have the right attitude and the, right, and the, and the proper discipline to get there. And God will bring us there. God will bring us to a place where we need to be, but we have to determine what, what what are we going to see? Think about it. Ask about your commitment. Where is your commitment at? and And then let me let me back up, not not just to this ministry. Where is your commitment to God? Where is your commitment to Jesus Christ? How do you go after him? And you can't determine, we can't determine going after Jesus by our Sunday attendance. Because if you did that, you may even lack there. You you may even lack there because sometimes we see you and sometimes we don't. You understand? So you can't think about it. If your wife determined how committed you are by every other Sunday that you saw her, how committed are you? Or if your husband determined... I'll come home once a month because I have some things to do. All of those, your visitation times to God says a lot about your commitment. It says a bunch about your commitment. Now, once again, Sunday morning and Sunday evening, that's not a lot to ask for. You know, so we'll ask for Wednesday. You know, but the thing is, you can't even make our regular service. Those are regular services, really. Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday evening. You can't even make our regular services on a consistent basis. So, what you're teaching your family is, we don't have to be one in this. We don't. And we don't have to be brought to a place where we're teaching others how to win. We don't. Because, really, this life is all I'm interested in. This life is all I want. And you will raise children that they will think the same things. And this life is all they think about. And not preparing anybody for eternity. Not showing anyone the real way to please God. So they look at you and they say, you belong to Church of the Living Water. The unity is, those people can give. Those people... One moment ago, we love God, we hate sin, and we love to give. That's the unity that's developed in winning spiritual warfare. It has to be developed in winning spiritual Because once again, I showed that I can overcome. That it wasn't about all the things that I struggled with. It wasn't, I made it through. I overcame. I made it through all those things. But now I can teach you how to do it because I'm bringing you to a place where you're loving God, hating sin, and you love to give. Stand to your feet. We'll continue this evening.